Hi everybody, welcome to Quinspiracy. My name is Anthony Quinn. It has to be me, absolutely. And I have my friend, we're so lucky to have him, Nick Lytle. How you doing? What's up, Anthony? Quinspiracy, I like that. So clever. <laughs> I don't tell people what podcast they're doing. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> so clever, Quinspiracy. What is the what is what is the the thing that every comedian we need to come up with like a clever name for any of our shows? Like, it's so funny. We all do it, right? It's so funny. Dude, I uh, want to I want to I want to stop doing this podcast, but people won't let me because it's such a clever name. Oh, <laughs> uh, there, there you go. The fans, I get it. You know, the people. No, the people comedians <laughs> um actually you know this this podcast i'm not a conspiracy nerd i used to be more of an enthusiast um uh-huh. and so i figured hey why not have a podcast where i just interview comedians objectively about silly conspiracies some may be serious depending on what the comedians know and what i found out nick is that uh, mm, comedians really just care about themselves and their shitty acts <laughs> Well, I mean, I could have told you that. I could have saved you buying all the equipment. If, you know, that's that's a, that's a given. We all know that now. But yeah, you have to. You don't know that at first. You know? so, Anthony Quinn sorry. always has to learn the hard way, buddy. You know that. That's it. I like that Anthony Quinn refers to himself as Anthony Quinn. <laughs> oh man. So, so basically, you know, this is just try to have some fun, mix it up. Um, I just do audio. People are like, somebody said to me. Dude, what you do is is physical too. I said, all right. Well, <laughs> I don't think you have to see me in a little Zoom box. <laughs> you know, listen, man. It's uh, it's it's an admiration of the art, which is what I have. Uh, all all arts. I think that we're in a day and age where everybody has uh, everybody can have a voice, and I think it's awesome. And man, it's a lot of work to do these things, and so. You know, no matter what you can do, I think it's it's great. And you know, absolutely, dude, yeah, it's a gift that you can express yourself in so many different ways on so many different mediums. And yeah, this what stuff, it, stuff wasn't available back in the day, right? So, I mean, dude, when cool. I first started doing podcasts, you had to have the whole setup. You know, this right. is just me with a phone and a recorder. You know, but it's oh, a, is that right? You only have the phone and the recorder. Yeah, I mean, I was one of them that bought the whole setup. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. It's sitting you in know. the other room, buddy. it's funny it's sitting in the other room because dude what it is is it's about consistency and content the proof's in the pudding yeah for sure it's just like with comedy you could like you know get to know all the right people and be in all the right spots but if the comedy's not good it's not good yeah man Uh, another thing that you know it just a lot of people don't get until they kind of do it long enough right like we all think we all think when we first start like it's just that nobody's seen us man we gotta annoy everybody with our <laughs> shitty three minutes that you know has never even been tested but hey the, the world needs to see it and it's so interesting how it couldn't be anything further from that right like if you really think about if you had to do it all over again right you'd probably think to yourself you know what i should just go suck somewhere and get really good and then go show myself to the world but it's like nobody does that and like it's the age-old uh you know dichotomy in comedy i mean i did it too you know it's like, oh, gotta show everybody gotta go meet all the bookers you know so that every booker can see that i'm average you know <laughs> yeah like, well like i said like when i say like proofs in the pudding comedy's got to be good i'm not necessarily talking about my comedy <laughs> sure, I get it. I understand. That. You get it, I'm, but you know, it's just, dude. 
I say this all, this I say all the time, I say it to people, the mic's actually doing pretty good, you should stop by some night. Um, we had 15 oh, yeah. people last night, we have a lot of different levels of uh, comedians, but I tell people all the time, man, is comedy's about passion, right? Um, anybody could be like, hey, I want to be good at comedy one night, anybody could be good at comedy one night. Yeah, I think that's a very true statement. You right? could. But do you yeah. want to be good at comedy every night? Do you want to be better at comedy? Do you want to drive right. to shitty places where there's like chickens running around and tell jokes? <laughs> right. No, and then I mean, you know, and then a lot of people do that for a year or six months, or right? But it's the people that are willing to do it for 10 years, 15 years, that start to get somewhere. And, and that's just a really... You know, that's a really tough formula for anything in life, you know, like the idea that you're just going to like, you have to just, you have to just grind and grind and grind. And that's hard, man. It's something that I struggle with. You know, I don't really enjoy that grind, if I'm being honest. Of course not. So. Dude, and with the pandemic and everything, there's people that are on the other side of the spectrum that have been doing it for 15 years that wind up in front of chickens now. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a great point, too. Exactly. Well, it's a totally, it's a what's the word? World, it's like man. unforgivable. It's like an unforgivable art form. What am I trying to say? Like, it, it, it owes you, somebody... A great comedian once said this to me, and I forget how he worded it, but he basically said, like, comedy is the wife that will never make you happy. He said something like that, and, like, the point, his point was, like, no matter what you do with comedy, you're not promised anything. Like, after, you could put in all these years, and I know many people that put in many years and never got anywhere. And it's like, and they're just, you know, they're just angry and frustrated <laughs> and broke. And it just, it sucks because there isn't, it's not like, hey, if you go to law school, you're going to be a lawyer. Like, no, like you could do 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and you might still be in the exact same place or worse. And so that's a tough formula, you know, but, but we should be positive. It's right. the comedy bug. It's the comedy yeah, it's fucking bug. It's addiction. Bug. It's, it's addiction. the bug. Dude, so I have good five, seven minute sets. People come up to me, a lot of people, and, at the, and I go, I swear it pisses me off sometimes. I'm like, dude, I'm out three nights a week. I'm Anthony Quinn. I better have a good fucking five minutes set. <laughs> right, right. Like, no, I mean, compliments to you. You know, I, I remember seeing you at something years ago, maybe four years ago. And, you know, I don't know when you started, but uh, the last time I saw you, I mean, you were heads and tails better. So, I mean, wow. uh, you know. That, wow. And I say that. Thanks. Let's clap that, that out. Let's clap that out. We clap stuff out on this podcast. Let's clap that out. Yeah, I mean, I say that, you know, I say that with love and compliments, you know, Thanks, like, man. not to be like, like, in other words, this is, man, it's a gym, you know, you just, you can get better at it, like, you can dude, really I, start to find your voice, and, I and tell it seems like you did. Absolutely, I tell newcomers, dude, if somebody asks you how long you've been doing it, say, say, I'm doing it for today. <laughs> oh, it's the worst question, man, it's such a crappy question, everybody wants to know how long you're doing it, and it's like, you're better off lying. You're truly better off I say if it's a year, two weeks, one week. Yeah. If it's a year, say it's two years. I tell him that. Because honestly, after that shitty comedian asks you that, he's not thinking about it again. Right. You could tell him 30 years. He's only comparing himself to you. That's all he's doing. You You could say 30. I say, you know, I say, tell him you came out of the womb with a fucking microphone. Yeah, right. (laughs) I, no, man, I, I, I totally agree with you. That's such like a 
it's such like a narcissistic question, like how long are you doing it? And because then it's like, well, I got more laughs than you did, and I'm doing it less or whatever. But it doesn't mean anything. I mean, look, man, I was with. This is a true story, and I don't say it to, to toot. I say it because it's it's just it honestly it pains me. I was with Kevin Hart in 2003, walking around the uh, the village when he was. Yeah, I mean, he had, people knew who he was in the, in the New York scene, but like he didn't. He wasn't famous in, at all, and he, he was just this small guy that used to come up from Philly, and um, pretend, he actually was pretending that he lived in the city so that he could get into the Manhattan clubs. This is a true story. And I used to walk around with him, and we were kind of, there was like a little group of us that would kind of try to, you know, muscle up to the to the bigger names and, and hope that guys would maybe help you to make an intro or meet a booker or whatever, and... You know, he was doing it, I think he was doing it like eight months, and he got into the Comedy Cellar. Like, so there's no rules. I mean, absolutely not. back then, and that's I, a I, true I wanna, story. I want to really say <laughs> real quick, real quick, I usually do this, but we're having so much fun. Uh, Nick Lytle is a, a New Jersey comedian. I believe he lives in L.A. now, though, right? You live in L.A.? That's right, yeah. He lives in L.A. Um, he's had a high degree of success. When If I post a picture with him, people contact me, and they say, is that Nick Lytle? I say, Hell, motherfucking yeah, it is. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been in and out of the scene yeah. for a long time. I, I uh, yeah, he's this I guy. Honestly, this guy things. is a pro comic. You're a fucking pro comic. I'm, I'm forcing that on you right now. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I, my whole thing is that I have trouble like focusing on one thing. I, I love to do music. I've made a few films, so it's like, I, I kind of, you said, I that. just enjoy. I you kind said of you were enjoy like, you just had a the country arts. music following. Yeah, man, I've had a couple of songs that chart, you know, like on the on the country charts. Like, so I kind of, you know, I I kind of, I, truthfully, man, I go in and out of comedy, and that's that's not good for uh, for for the actual movement in comedy. But that's that's just yeah, what well, I like I mean, to if do. You I don't, can, if you're talented enough to do that, then fucking do it. Hell yeah! I mean, the reason why people don't do that, Nick, just, is because they can't. It's because it be takes true, repetition to that. a lot of people. I'm serious. No, I appreciate that. I mean, that's a nice compliment. And I mean, maybe you know, I, I just, I mean, I, I'll, I'll get really into it, and then I'll kind of. I mean, I, I've had some success. I've had some really cool things happen in comedy, and but then I, you know, sometimes I get, I just get burnt out, and I kind of mm. want to express myself through music or through. Like I said, film and stuff like that, and so. So yeah, after a country been, music a show, journey, after a country music show, and you're talking to people, how smart do you feel? <laughs> how smart do I feel? That's funny. I mean, it's just a, it's a totally different world. Do you want to go the, take the your SATs thing, and shit? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, like I'll write like a really, I'll write like a really intelligent like you know song, and then I'll realize like they don't like this at all. Like they, they don't just want. Get it. <laughs> Like if you it doesn't mention about whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I want the tumbleweed song. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even kidding you, man. I've written some songs that have like, you know, I, I really pride myself on being a very good writer. That's like my best skill is I'm, I'm very Dude, you're elaborate. And you're a good looking, talented guy. I mean, it kind of hurts me when I see you. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I mean, you'll get there. Because I'm, so, I'm so round. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But no, I mean, I think... 
Uh, that's that's a great joke though because it's so true. Like comedy is like all. Of, I mean, uh, country is all about like simple man. They're so simple. You know? They probably love you. They're like, you talk funny. I could put you in my pocket. <laughs> you talk right, and we don't like it. <laughs> you must have one of them PCPs. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, I'm oh. literally the only. I, I mean, I could go to a country concert. I, I went to one a couple of weeks ago. Seventy thousand people, which because the the amount of people that follow country in New Jersey, New York, nobody is aware of how huge. Oh, I know the country world is. I know this. And, yeah, go ahead. Well, all I was going to say is I went to a country concert. There was 70,000 people there. Morgan Wallen was the headliner. And I guarantee you I was the only one that had hair gel. The only one. Like, it's... <laughs> You're like, dude, I'm like, from Jersey, man. I got to have a little hair gel. <laughs> yeah, I, I stay clear to my my roots, like, for sure, man. I'm like, I, I'm not even going to pretend that I know any of these, like, country things. It's just... Dude, I had I had this chick year. This is a long time ago, probably 15 years ago take me to a Dirkus Bentley concert am I saying his name right Dirks Dirk. I used to say no, Dirkus back yeah, Dirk's then <laughs> Dirks so Bentley Dirkus <laughs> tell your buddy Dirkus I said kiss my ass okay yeah, exactly <laughs> but, no, but no dude I went to this concert it was like a different world it was like huge a- star that guy is huge All- star but like you said Back maybe back in the east, nobody would even know who he is. Nobody. No, would care. I mean it was it was the Mid Hudson Civic Center, so it was okay. It was, it was there was five to ten thousand people there going nuts for this guy. Yeah, you know he's talking about his Jeep that only has three gears now. You know I was like this yeah. fucking guy. This guy's got the world by the fucking short hairs, man. And when I tell you like you're saying he did five to ten thousand, I mean it, in certain parts of the country that that guy does sixty thousand. I know. Like. And it's I mean, crazy, man. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> I'm not gonna what? say oh. he's very talented. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Man. Well, I'm uh, gonna say this: Why him and not you? There we go. Yeah, exactly. There we go. We got it. We did it. But don't you agree that's kind of the the essence of all of these artistic forms? Right? Tell me you don't tell me you don't watch stand up and sit there and see certain guys and be like, why am not me? It's so fucking. You know why? That's why I don't watch stand up. I see so much stand up. I'm afraid to watch stand up because I'm afraid I'm going to steal their jokes or mannerisms or anything. Um, yeah, that's a great that, see, and that only comes from you doing this for a while because that's all. This I to be honest with you, I'm at the same point. I don't actually enjoy watching stand-up. No, I find it, no. first of all, I mean, we critique it too much, right? We're too into it. We're too, we're not objective at this point, right? Like, we can't laugh. I like it. my we stand-up. Just... I care, I listen to my podcast. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you just watch your own tapes. I'm Anthony Quinn! All right, but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, you might want to see a doctor on that kind of level of narcissism, but that's, you know. You know what, it's not, it's not narcissism, it's like a bit. You know, I try to have fun with it. Um, these days, man, when you're a little round, man, there's really, there's not much room for you, pal. I know, I know. You know, it's like, if I don't talk like this, people think I'm in QAnon, buddy, you know. You know, I thought, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought you were completely out of your mind bananas the first one or two times I watched you on stage and then I think I heard you the last 
the last time I ran into you, and I'm like, this guy's actually a very intelligent guy. <laughs> and I didn't know that. I thought you were one of those, like, complete... Because there are a lot of people that are attracted to comedy that are just complete nuts. You know? Well, <laughs> but th- and that's the thing, dude, is once you start... This is a thing a lot of comics trip up on, and I did it first. Because I was around 20 years ago, like I hung with Scott Blakeman. I was getting, you know, I was getting booked on some stuff. 20 years ago, 25, it was so much different. It was easier to get booked, but there wasn't as many mics. There wasn't that many people doing comedy. It was just different. And I just, it was just different for me. But I've been back like, like seven years. And it's like trying to, when you look to comics... For inspiration, it's a slippery fucking slope, man. It's the, it's, the, it's that is the poison of the business. That it is, is the poison. When I came back, yeah. I came back in the Jersey comedy scene with all these kids in like their early twenties and thirties, and I'm in like my forties. I have kids. I was just that's what the whole I have a baby. I don't know if you ever saw me do that where I scream, I have a baby. It's because I had a baby, and like it's this whole thing. Well, that makes sense. And you know, but. It was. I tried to identify with these dudes because they're smart, Nick. They're smart. Well, you know, you you actually created a common thread for the both of us. So I actually have similar stories. I also did comedy twenty years ago, and then I stopped. I stopped for a long period of time. I went. I worked, and I made some money, and I, you know, but I I just kind of got out of it. And then I also came back, but I probably came back maybe eight nine years ago, and then. I came and back then, about six, about six years ago. Anyways, go yeah, ahead. And, I, and, and like when I came back, it was the same thing. Like there was so many more, like there wasn't even mics when, I don't remember open mics being a thing when I did this 20 years ago. There was ago. a like, couple, there was a couple, but they were all at comedy clubs. And when you were going, it was like you were hanging out. Yeah, and there was it, a lot more. It was I different. remember the, the, it was like the bigger People were happy were like to see nicer. you and shit. That's I just said the same thing as you did. Like I remember the bigger names were like nicer to you back then. You know, oh, like yeah. I would see the, I would see the bigger comedy. You know, the Lisa Lampanelli and Jim Norton and some of the like guys that some of the people that would do a lot of like New York, New Jersey shows. Rich Voss and they were decent to you. They didn't mind hanging out with you. But I think now there's just so many people that call themselves a comedian that it's like it's honestly it's so oversaturated that I don't really know. I, I think. But I mean, that's the whole and thing. And I get it, too. One thing we have, I mean, I hate saying, me and you, buddy, forever. <laughs> Blood brothers. <laughs> but one thing, people of us, like, I've been, Nick, I've been through a lot in my life, buddy. You know, my other that's podcast it. is called Food Addict, and that's really where we get into how, <laughs> how miserable yeah. I really am. But these kids, they don't have that. And that's why they try to make their comedy so racy. You know, my comedy doesn't have to be racy. You know, I don't have to shock anybody anymore. I realize that. I just have to, like, refer to the terrible things that have happened to me in my life. <laughs> but I think that's, I mean, I don't. I was going to say, I think that's great. Like, ah, that's great. But what I mean is, like, yes, now I'm the same. It sounds like we're probably roughly around the same age. And I, and I, I'm 40, I feel I'm 45 the same way. Like, I'm 45 okay. okay? And I'm 44-ish. So, <laughs> so but... But what I was going to say is like, yeah, there gets to a point. Now, I don't know if you feel this way, but this is how I feel, at least recently, and maybe in the last year or two, where like, I don't even want to write for the joke. I don't even enjoy trying to get to a punchline anymore. I, I just enjoy like 
telling stories and you just want to be in hoping, front of people you want to find the joke out in front of people yeah like i and, and that's yeah. i think kind of what you're talking about how the younger guys they're just like because they're you know they're hearing all these things probably on podcasts or whatever they're, they're trying to race to get to a punchline to get a laugh but you're actually if that's you keep in the story that you're telling then a lot of times you might get a laugh early on but you you could get a much bigger payoff if you kind of stay in the story and and kind of walk us through the journey. But that's not how open mic comedy sort of you you just works. said it. You just said it. What it is is they're standoffish. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to finish their little joke as quick as possible to see if they let people laugh and then go back right. on their perch. You know. Right. And so when when you're up, they're doing the same shit to you, and it's confusing. I mean, now I'm through that now. I'm through that, and I'll eat anybody alive. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, but but it's just it's hard, man. It's hard, especially when you're first coming back. And um, dude, to do this period, I was I went up. I drove an hour, and my friend drove. That's why I went. My friend drove. My friend Andrew Rich. Excuse me. We drove an hour and fifteen minutes to go to a skating rink. Oh, the roller rink. And we got there. We had to wait for them to close. We saw all the families leaving. <laughs> and then there was like a little a little show. There was like seven to ten people there. And we had the show, and it was good. It was great. I had a great set. But look at all the work I did to get there. And they gave me a couple bucks, you know, and it was it was a lot of fun. But that's it. Yeah, and, you know, the truth is, like, and that, that story is even – a better story than the most, right? Because yeah. most of the time, that's, that's a success, most of the time dude. that story ends with most of the time that story ends with you begging to get on stage. That's they a seven out of ten. Anything, <laughs> that's a right? seven out of and, ten. And you lose money going home. Like that's that's <laughs> usually what comedy is. <laughs> well, and that's it, dude. Proof's in the pudding, man. What this is how I always looked at it. Okay, is and this is how I still look at it. Is they just need one more. All these comics, okay, they just need to squeeze one more little spot in for little Anthony, little round Anthony Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, say whatever you want, um, and that's it, and that's what this podcast is about. Okay, so we're going to stop talking about the serious stuff, and we're going to move on to, um, I want to ask you this, and this is, you know, I've been changing this question a little bit. I used to ask people, what's your favorite conspiracy <laughs> And they would be like, okay. oh, no, 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 no. I would say, are you a conspiracy guy? And people would be like, um, um, oh. <laughs> okay. So uh, what I say is now is like, like, are, is, is there any conspiracies you're kind of into? Like, do you entertain conspiracies? Are you, are you kind of like, is there stuff that intrigues you about them or no? A little bit. Um, you know, I think, uh, what, what am I trying to say here? Like, well, first of all, right, you reached that point. <laughs> you did the like, same thing. You were like, oh. Yeah, I totally did. You, you fucking should have set me up a little bit better for this. I would have Googled something and then pretend that it was my theory when I was really just reading it off of Wikipedia. We but, want the real Nick. We want the real yeah, fucking Nick. Exactly, man. Um, uh, what would I say that I have a conspiracy on? I don't think I do, man. I think that I... All I was going to say is I remember that period in my life where I kind of switched from enjoying fiction to, like, only being obsessed with, like, documentaries and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still very much in that point. And, and you so, know what? I am, too. 
That's exactly yeah. it. Once you start, this, this is what's crazy is, I watch nothing but really conspiracy stuff. I don't buy into it, dude. I'm more of a skeptic than anything. But oh. it's like, if you're asking me to watch some shitty Netflix movie, if you think that's better than some dude that thinks the moon hoax is fake and he has real footage, I don't, that's a tough sell. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And, and, you know, these documentaries these days are so interesting. Yeah. They're like... Yeah. You, can, you can enjoy it while at the same time actually learn something or at least something. have something to talk about, there's, right? Like as opposed to just watching an Adam Sandler movie and being like, you know, like, what are you going to, you know, you're going to sound real intelligent at a party when you're quoting an Adam Sandler movie. But it's like, but yet that's all I did is in my 20s, that's all I wanted to do was watch like stupid slapstick comedy and it doesn't it doesn't interest me you know what the conspiracy stuff does is it gives you okay so say like you're watching something and you kind of like half agree with the guy it's gonna make Uh you want to know what he's talking about right you know it's gonna make you maybe want to go somewhere else and be like hey was copernicus a douche you know did people in the 19th century even know about copernicus some people are saying they didn't even know about copernicus in the 19th century, they're saying, that, that, "Let's not let's not put the cart before the horse." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, let me ask you this question: What was the first conspiracy when you were a kid? Like, like what was the first thing that really intrigued you? I mean, so a lot of people say 9/11. You can say 9/11 if you want to be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, can, I can tell you a great 9-11 I can tell you a 9-11 story that I feel like would connect to the kind of theme of how we know each other but like okay. I was I was on a I was on a comedy what the hell did they call it it was like a com. it was a basically a retreat for comedians at the time like I think Bob Levy and a couple of other guys put it together this was oh like God. 20 years ago yeah, it had to be 20 years ago, 21 years ago, 9-11. Yeah. And he put together some, we were, I forget where we were, I want to say Delaware, and I was with uh, Johnny O, who I think you know, John O'Rourke. Oh, yeah, I know him. And, yep, I know Johnny and, O. We just uh, did the Mario Gentile thing together. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lovely guy. John and I, um, interesting story, John and I started comedy the exact same night, the exact same night. We both went to Rascal's. Uh, you know, I was a young punk. He was probably around our age now. I was going to say, no. yeah, he wasn't a young punk. <laughs> no, he was a young drunk. That's what he was. <laughs> I love that guy. He's so funny, but he was such a knucklehead back then, man. He would he would be the sweetest, gentlest guy when the show would start, and by the end, he was like, Fighting with the bartenders and stuff like such, such an angry drunk. Um, and I haven't seen him in a long time, and I wonder what he would say if he heard that. I, I, I just saw him. Remember. I just saw him. I just saw him. He's, he's good. He's good. His, I love his wife, too. His wife's very awesome. Roz, is that her name? Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, him, uh, Johnny O, me, and, and this guy named Joe Piccoli were in a room. Uh, for this, I, I want to call it a retreat, but I think they had a better name for it. It was essentially some kind of like a comedy camaraderie thing. You know, there was a couple of, I mean, we were all open micers, but there was a couple of guys that were like, you know, road comics, and they were, you know, I guess, I guess back the whole then, point back was to kind of network. Back then, though, open micer was a different thing. You were more of an up-and-comer. 
Right. There wasn't such a like you weren't. It wasn't a stigma. It wasn't a stigma. Like you are now. It wasn't a stigma because I remember the the first time I ever did stand up comedy, it was at Gotham, and um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld did a drop in, and he was totally cool, and he was like, "We need more people." Like he was just. I met him. He was like, "Hey, man, I like your." Like he was like so fucking cool. Now forget about it, dude. There'd be a billion people there. I think it's the oversaturation of all the stuff on TV and the social media and, the, and us seeing the life that comedians live and people just probably think, honestly, I'm sure this has a lot to do with it. People just see like how well these guys are killing it and then they think, well, I could do that. And then you have yeah. all these people that are doing it. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? And you I know mean, what they wind cool. up being? You know what they wind up being? They wind up being audience. That's so interesting, too. I agree with you that so many of the people that are fans of yeah. comedy are eventually, it's a gateway into becoming a comedian. Yeah, no dude, you, all you have se- just like you go for a job interview, right? There's a hundred people going for the job. You just got to separate yourself from all those motherfuckers. Right. Not no, that I, I mean, do listen, that. <laughs> I was just going to say, if, there's, if, there, if anybody had a real formula for this stuff, like, you know, they're... they're there's there's literally no formula. Like, no, I'm just saying, you know? but these are things you got to think about if you feel like you can do it. Anyway, so so what was the first, like, well, well, okay, so you, you, I'm sorry. I think we got sidetracked. So what was your story? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I was in a room with these two comedians at this comedy retreat when the first tower came down. Oh, my right? God. And, and – we were all in a room. We were all in the same room in a, in a ding, dingy little hotel in Delaware. I believe it was a Monday night because, you know, they, they did it the weekday because all the comedians essentially were working on the weekend or whatever. I'm sure it was cheaper, too. And Joe Piccoli comes into the room. Me and Johnny O are sleeping still. And Joe Piccoli comes into the room. And just like a typical comedian has to try to make a joke out of it, he goes... Not, dude, a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center. I live in Lynnhurst. There goes my property values. And I'm like, what? And we both, we both oh wake up to this. Oh, my God. That's fucking I'll never awesome. forget this, dude. And, of course, like, at the time, you know, in fairness to him, he didn't know that it was going to wind up being fucking dialed. Well, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. I remember getting up um, from a bad uh, binge the night before. Mm-hmm. And my roommate was still high. He hadn't gone to sleep, but he was like, see, I told you these motherfuckers. He didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. And I looked on the TV. <laughs> no, he was, I think he was smoking cocaine all night. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to out him. <laughs> um, but um, he goes, these motherfuckers. And I look, and the, the first plane had hit. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out. And then I'm watching the second plane hit. And it was just like. It was it was crazy, man. Um, but even still, right? Like as it's happening, it's not like you know as it's happening. You don't. That this is going to be this life changing event, right? You, you absolutely just, you take it for what it is. You're just like, oh wow, a plane hit the thing, and you don't think that like a plane's going to hit, and then the buildings are going to crash, no. and thousands of people are going to die. Like you don't really think about absolutely that, not. You think it's an accident. You think it's an accident. Yeah, and you just kind of think that it's he like something dumb. He thought it was an dumb. accident. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking, like, okay, you know, somebody will go up there and pull it out or whatever. Like, you didn't think that, like, all this crazy... And this, you were in the city at the time. This was the city. You were in the city. No, no, we weren't. So, we were in Delaware. Oh, but, I'm sorry. Um, you said Delaware. So, you were in Delaware. But, but you frequented the city. It could have been a day you were in the city. 100%, man. We were in the city constantly. We were always... Back so, then, and I think it's still very much the case, but back then, you know, everybody would just say... And, and hats off to these guys because they kind of took me under their wing a little bit when I was younger. Jim Norton and Jim Florentine both used to say to me, like, if you want to be a comedian, you got to be at the Comedy Cellar every night. You got to be just networking and meeting people and whatever. So a bunch of us that were a little more serious, and especially myself, I was going every night, but Johnny O would come with me sometimes. And some of these guys, we would just go and sit. But, but the difference is, like like you were kind of saying, guys would actually talk to us. <laughs> I don't even think that they would do that now. Because, well, like, you know, there's probably so many like, comedians. It's just because it became a thing where, like, um, I'm not trying to be a douche, you know. But, but like, like, people's little babies move from Nebraska. And they're the only ones that their whole family's paying for them to have a little studio apartment in Manhattan. And they're the only right. ones that really can afford to live in Manhattan anymore. So it's like it's well, a it's a whole different like culture really to stand up. Yeah, you know, I mean basically like, what like, you're you're getting at, which I wasn't going to say, is that, and I won't give names, but there's so many guys that it, it's just the longevity, right? Like if if somebody's backing you, if somebody's helping you pay your rent to live in Manhattan, then you you have ten years to figure it out, right? But maybe a a regular person just doesn't have that, so. This is like a long game. That's kind of what I've noticed. But if I mean, you need sure, to, there are. But, but that's the thing is, man, is I, I, I bet you a billion dollars that the dudes that, that have the people backing them up like that don't make it a lot of times because they don't have the... The drive, right? The strife. Right. It takes the strife. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, there's a, I, I know that there's a lot of these guys that especially are starting to break now that, you know, had pretty good backing in terms of you know their parents and stuff like that but but yeah still you can break today and be nothing tomorrow no that's a great point man i appreciate if i was doing carney i say this i say this a lot in this podcast and we're gonna move on to some goofier stuff um but dude if i was if i played carnegie hall tonight and it was packed right it was fucking packed and i killed tomorrow that show's over yeah, no, you're right back to the bowling alley, right? And and that's the way comedy is, right? You might be back at the bowling alley, you know, and that shows over. And you have to be okay with that. Well, you, right? you have to you have to be ready. Do you want to do comedy every fucking day? If you're good, right? You would think that if you do Carnegie Hall and you're sold out, you have Carnegie Hall the next night, and then you have Vegas and all that stuff, and that's cool. Right. But you know, I mean, I I don't know. I'm just saying, is this? It's just. It's just. When I hear people say up and comers, I'm always like, it's cool, man. I wish everybody well. But, dude, the proof's in the pudding, man. Enjoy doing comedy and, and book Anthony Quinn. That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's, it, you know, it's interesting to hear different people's perspectives on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to this. And I think, um, I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, you, you touched on so many things. And I can even apply those to my life. You know, I, I shot a special... Uh, in early 2020 and it, you know it was the pinnacle of I guess you know all the years of comedy that I put in and then but I had that almost that same feeling that you just kind of described like the next day I was kind of like 
Okay, okay. well, now what? Okay. Like, we just had the know, best like, late night with Anthony Quinn we had. Everybody's like, it's the best. We had a good thing. People that hate themselves and don't like me that much said they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, but it is. It's, it's like just such a great. It was like, I mean, okay, I still went to my shitty job. And then I went to my other shitty job. <laughs> right. But even the guys that are at the highest level, right? Even if they're playing a theater, even if, let's say, they're playing theaters or stadiums or whatever, they can still do a stadium, but then they, they finish that show, and then the next day they just have to go do another stadium, and they're, they're just as prone to having it That's not right. go well, right? I mean, That's right. And, and then and after your tour, after your tour, what do you have to do? You have to right. put out another album. Right, you have to keep writing. So then you have to go back to the to the crappy rooms and practice yeah. and right. So it's like it's how it's people, tough, man. It yeah, requires a lot of How many people put out a killer album and then the next album sucks? So then when the next yeah. album sucks, what does the first album mean? Yeah, no, it's a great point. <laughs> anyway, listen, so all right, Nick Lytle, let's stop all this serious comedy talk. Because people that don't do comedy don't fucking care they don't care <laughs> i only have a couple more minutes so yeah definitely hit, hit me with the good stuff no dude i'm having a ball thank you so much for doing this of course seriously man it, it means a lot to me so nick lido i'm anthony quinn tell me right now this is quinspiracy and i'm not asking you this i'm not asking you if there's life in the universe i'm not asking you that have space aliens from another planet Landed on planet Earth. Are are the UFO people right? Is Area 51 right? Do they have a point? Have aliens been here? Go! Well, I mean, I... I it's Okay. I, I thought we were having a pretty good conversation for the first 43 minutes. I think that the acid just kicked in on you now, and now I feel a little bit on, the, on edge here. But I, I would say... On edge? What do you mean on edge? I'm just kidding. I asked you if aliens are real. That's all. I, I understand that. I don't know how we went from a conversation about Billy Arenas. This is conspiracy. Um, yes, that's they the, it's always the first half of the her first half of the podcast is serious, and second half of the podcast is goofy. This is goofy, Nick. Go. No, man, I love it. Um, aliens are okay. I'm gonna say aliens are not real. Oh, he did it. He did it. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna Dude, say you're doing that. Fucking uh, great. You, you got a hundred percent right now. Yeah, there's there's no proof that I've seen that there would be any aliens, but, but absolutely, you just said it perfect. You just gave the best fucking answer I've ever had on this. Because people well, always go, "This is what they say." They go, "It's cocky for us to believe." I'm I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we understand our reality. I'm not saying that there could be an alien in the room right now. I have no idea. But what are the UFO people telling us? What are the UF, what is the all this stuff? It's bullshit, and that's what you said. I haven't seen anything that tells me that there's little green men that have been here. And that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. And that's mean, why I you got to clap out. You you don't know how hard it is. It's hard to get a clap. Look at that. You got to clap out. Um, I mean, dude, they have some stuff, and I watch it. I watch it. But do you think the Pentagon in the middle of a pandemic is going to really release real UFO stuff? <laughs> uh, so you you um you like follow all this stuff? Like you're you're on it? 
I mean, yeah. What there yeah. is to follow, it's really vague, a lot of it. A lot of it's vague. It's the same people talking about bullshit. Yeah, I'm all over it. I mean, you know, it's, it. it's it's the Pentagon released this footage that they had, the Navy already had, and it's, it's that's what I'm saying. It's more about what the, what the person I'm talking to knows. Um, so let me ask you this. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Nick Lido, I'm Anthony Quinn. This is Quinnspiracy. Have we gone to the moon? Go. Have how do we go on the moon? Have we that? gone to the moon? Have has America gone to the moon? Has NASA gone to the moon? Have we landed there? Go. Well, yeah. I mean, we went to the moon uh, in the '60s because we've been having a dick measuring contest with Russia for nearly a, a decade, or you know, for a century. But yeah, I mean, that I do believe. Yes, we've okay. Been. All right. Ooh, mm, ooh. <laughs> you don't agree. You, you know, listen, dude. It's not that I don't agree. I'd love for us to go to the moon, but there's so much evidence that we didn't go. I mean, and Russia. Right. See, now I don't know this. Okay. Okay, so. Tell me the evidence. Okay. All right. I talk about this quite a bit on the show, but I'll, I'll oblige you and I'll tell you. Um, there's no telemetry data. They said they lost. There's, there's 13,000 reels of data that they said they lost. They can't find. They said they, they erased all the original footage for space <laughs> because okay. they needed space. Um, and they said, we can't go back to the moon, which we haven't been back to. Um, that's true. All all they've done, this is it. All they've done is gone. It's literally five. It's like, it's like, it's like, is it 50 miles, 50 to a hundred miles? When they get 500 miles, shit starts to go weird because of the Van Allen belt. They're scared to go past the Van Allen belt, but they did it 14 times. 60 years ago? Yeah. No, you know what? I, I mean, you kind of have my interest on this one because I think that I'm sorry. it is very interesting that this was such a big part of the 60s, right? Like the moon, the oh. moon, the moon, the moon, the moon, the moon, and then all of a sudden, Nick, nobody cares about it, the buddy, moon, right? I, I owe you a hug. I'm, it's a lot to learn here. It's a lot to just figure out. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I was there. I could give you a hug. Dude, we didn't go to the moon, pal. I'm sorry. <laughs> And 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 the conspiracy has just kicked in. I, I appreciate time, that. Next time you're in Jersey, you're getting a big round hug. <laughs> well, you almost ask yourself, why do they even need to go to the boat? Like, what the hell is there that's even so interesting? Well, I right? mean, so, I, well, that's the thing. And when you learn what Russia said, Russia said they're like, we put the first woman in space, we put the first dog in space, we put the first this in space. Why did they waste time going to the moon? That's what they said. Interesting. I mean, there's just so much to it, dude. They said that we haven't been back because, and this is, you could look this up. This isn't me. The, about the race to footage and telemetry data. Trust me, all the nuts have it. It's, it, it is, it is. But they said that we haven't been back because we lost the technology for the Saturn rocket. Wow. Now, if I pick up what we're recording on right now, this thing, it's 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 a it's a uh, it's a ten. It's a what what is it? It's a Android ten. It's a little TV station <laughs> that is probably way more technologically advanced than the Saturn rocket. Um, okay. 
So you're telling me that we can't go, you know, because we lost the technology. And and that's the thing, man. Was it was it patriotic? Was it just money? Are they lying about our reality? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. It just um, got heavy. It just got heavy. Dude, I watch a lot of the flat earth stuff, and I don't think the earth is flat, but I think NASA lies about stuff. And I think... Um, just okay. So, every picture you've ever seen of the Earth is fake. You know that, right? Like it's 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 all CGI and photoshopped, right? Uh, I guess that makes sense. I mean, that does make sense now that you're saying it. Every like thing you see of like supernovas and all that stuff, it's all CGI. It doesn't look like that. And what they say is, they say we spice it up like that because it it's it's not that interesting looking. <laughs> That's what they that's what they actually say. So I don't know. It's 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 crazy. Anyway, so let's move on. So Nick Nick Lytle. I'm Anthony Quinn. This is still Quinspiracy. Are you still with me? Am am, am I still with you? I'm yes. still with you, man. Okay. I need you to be with me. We can find our neutral. We can listen to ocean waves. Shh. <laughs> um Witchcraft. Witches, voodoo, all that kind of stuff. Real, not real, go. Okay. What about it now? I'm saying, do you believe in hexes, witches, voodoo, all that kind of stuff, go? A little bit. Uh, my answer on that one will be a little bit. I think that um, I've come across some pretty strange people in my life that have have hammered home the point that they can speak to ghosts and uh, you know that type of stuff and uh, they freaked me out enough to believe like yeah I think this could be real <laughs> right, listen hold on one second hold on one second okay yes we're back we're back I mean it just seems like a blip to you guys but man me and Nick we we cried we laughed we talked about the world um, we really got to know each other a little better right Nick <laughs> Sure. <laughs> it was priceless. It was priceless. But now we're back to this podcast, and um, so you said you said somebody freaked you out, right? You said like somebody talked to you and convinced you. So would you mind telling us about that experience? Well, um, I had a uh, ex girlfriend who uh, one night we were just sitting on the couch, and she said, "Can I tell you something?" And I said, "Sure." <laughs> and she, uh, she told me that she um, uh, she told me that she can speak to ghosts, and I said, "Oh, um, you know." And she, to that point, she was a wonderful girlfriend, and she had been, uh, you know. What, uh, what was like? Did you see plans? Did you see like future with her? Was there like a ring in the, in in the, somewhere or not? Well, we were probably a little young for that. I mean, I think we were, I was maybe about. But it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been blasphemous to mention. No, no. I mean, we were dating. You know, we were. She was my girlfriend. I was probably like I was twenty one. She was maybe oh, like nineteen. Okay, 19. you were really young, really young. Okay. Yeah, I was pretty young, but uh, we were just sitting on my couch, and I just stared at her, and she said, "I could see ghosts." And and you know, like as a comedian, you kind of like 
you expect people to say stuff and then just kind of like laugh after it, like thinking that they're like trying to get shock value. And I just remember the look on her face, like she's just looking at me. And I was like, oh my God, this chick is serious that she thinks that she can talk to ghosts. And then she starts saying how, uh, well, you know, my grandmother can speak to ghosts. So I think that I there probably go. got it from her. You got it. You just got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and and I was just I, we didn't last much longer past that, I, and I don't even want to say it probably. Be, I don't think it was directly because of that, but like I definitely never forgot the fact that she told me she could talk to ghosts. She was so probably smoking hot ghosts. too, right? Was she smoking hot? I mean, she was very good looking. Like, yeah, she's an Italian girl from New Jersey, and then you know, but and I she mean, was probably I'm, crazy in the old sack, right? Oh. Well, Something like that. We we're pretty young, but uh, I know. I'm just, I'm just busting. Nick Lytle does not kiss and tell everybody. All right, we got. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so you actually, dude, you're fucking doing great on this podcast. Thank you so much. You actually, you, you what I say all the time is it's a family belief. Right? If you're just like UFOs too. If your great great grandfather saw a UFO and that was what he always talked about, then your dad probably saw one. Yeah, probably. And then you're gonna see one. So if you're if you're if your great if your grandmother tells you this house is haunted or my house used to be haunted, you believe in ghosts instantly. I I mean I just sure For the rest of your life you believe in them. So my thing is, I've talked to some people. This is what interests me. What I really like is when people are are one thousand percent normal. And I hate normal, but when they're one thousand, I hate saying normal. But when they're one thousand percent convincing about everything in life, and then all of a sudden they believe in this, I'm like, mm, ooh, maybe there's something to it. That's interesting. I think that. I think that that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, that's that's what it is. And that that's where the shock value comes in because you're like, you'll be having a complete, like even with that girl, right? I mean, I had such a connection with her. Everything was wonderful. And then she said that. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, completely, I, was like, I was like, get me out of here. I was so spooked. I was like, this is nuts. You know? I talked about, I used to date this woman that said she was a pet psychic. And, <laughs> and I was like, um, I was an only child, and, and you know, I share that my my dog Princess was like my sister. I had her when I was five, and she didn't die till I was like nineteen. You know, so she was like, you know, my sister for all intents and purposes. And she was like, "Do you want to talk to Princess?" <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? Let's leave Princess alone." <laughs> um, but she was so serious, and she said that she didn't even want to be around animals. Because she could tell what they were going through. She could tell if they were being abused. And then she said that, that um, you know, she could she could speak to people, too. She's like, you really? want to contact somebody. And that's the thing, Nick, is like with these psychics, it's like, I just... Oh, you know Dave Cyrus? No, I don't know who that is. Dave Cyrus is a comedian. He's a writer, very smart guy. He's one of Pete Davidson's number one writers. He writes uh, stuff for Pete Davidson. He was on this podcast. And what he said was, he said to me, he said, uh, if there was ghosts and it was psychic and there was psychic stuff, we'd be, we'd, there, was, there would be people 
um, taking advantage of. They would be prospering on it. They would be capitalizing on it. And that's kind of an interesting point, right? That is an interesting point, yeah. I like that. (laughs) Like, you know, if you really could see... If you could just go into, like, a psychic shop, wherever you work, and just punch a clock, be like, Okay, it's 9 o'clock. Cha-chunk. Punch my... I punched my card. Let's see some... Let's see some ghosts. I mean, is that how it is? Yeah, but I mean, do you go to those, like, psychic things and, and, uh... No, I don't, because they're bullshit. Right, I mean, they're nonsense, right. But I had a, I had a psychic at the beginning of, um... Was it 2020? Yeah, it was the beginning of 2021. My, uh, my girl that I was dating said, you know what, I have a New Year's gift for you. I want to, I want to bring you to a psychic. And I was like, oh, okay. And we go to the psychic, and she goes, you know, you're gonna... Like, basically... She said to me, you're going to be a big star. Like, that was the essence of what she said. And I I walk out and I tell my girlfriend, I'm like, that psychic just told me that I'm going to have a game-changing something. Oh, this is what she said. She said, something in February is going to happen that's going to change your life and make you a big star the way i forget exactly how she worded it she left out star it's because it was very general she was probably like something great is gonna happen for you in january in february that could be anything you could have the best bowel movement you've ever had in your life (laughs) oh i mean i agree it was total horseshit and i remember harping on it because i was releasing my first single for country music in february and i was like could you imagine if this psychic is right and i put out my single and everything changes and I become a big star and, and it, the weird thing is it was the best thing that I ever had at that time like it, it did go really well but what month like, did you see her what month was it that you saw her I saw her on New Year's Day and February I released my single like maybe February okay, so 2nd it was, it was January so she was already in January so she couldn't say it's going to happen in January because January is already here well, and then the other thing is, I'm like, I wonder if she somehow figured out that I had like a song coming out or whatever. I don't know. No, but you know, you, the, she... the thing is, is these dudes, what they do is they listen to everything you say. They watch your body language. Your girl could have been like superstar or something. You know, it's just some, I don't, you know, some little thing, and they go on instincts. And it's just like Nick. When you play guitar, you get better at it every time, right? When you were a kid, you practice guitar. And every time right. you go play, you get... So every day they do this, they get better at it. Right. And they get better at reading you and understanding what you want to hear so they can get money. And listen, everybody's got to have their fucking grift. Not grift, but I don't... <laughs> Everyone's got to have their hustle. Hustle's a better word than grift. But be nice to people. The only time I get upset about it is when they're telling people like, um, you got to come back to me next week because something bad's going to happen. You know, that is when I I just don't like it. And that's a lot of it. And that's a lot of all of it. That's a lot of, um, a lot of the information we get is all negative. And if that's just a coincidence, I don't know, buddy. Yeah. You know. All right, listen, it's getting kind of late. I think we're going to wrap up. All right, cool, man. Um, well, this was fun. I learned a lot. And uh... <laughs> Did you really, though? <laughs> I did. I, I learned that, uh, 
you know, next time I got to come more prepared and figure out no, what I'm No, you don't. No, no, you don't. You were great, dude. You were great. This is this podcast isn't about being prepared. This podcast is just about talking. All right. Well, good. You know this podcast. <laughs> he goes well. Good. All right. So, so all right. I'll ask you this question. So, so we we touched on it briefly. Okay. We we were talking about the psychics. It bled into it a little bit. So, Nick Lytle, uh, do you believe in ghosts? Go. I I do uh, I do not. You did it. You did it, buddy. You did it. Um, our minds are very powerful. And I believe that our minds, if you're in enough trauma, I believe your mind will present what you need it to present sometimes. You know? If you, it, like, people see their dead relatives' places. And they feel like they communicate with their dead relatives. And I think sometimes you're in so much trauma that your mind just figures it out. Yeah, that might be true. You know, um, and uh, like I said, if, if your family belief is that everybody believes in ghosts and stuff, but the reality is, I mean, if there really was ghosts, wouldn't like, like a lot of people be seeing them all the time. I ask people all the time. I'm like, hey, do you know anyone who's seen a ghost? And they're like, uh, somebody I knew knew somebody. <laughs> you know. So, all right. So, tell people where they can find you. Uh, so, they can find me on, uh, so my name is Nick Lytle, L-E-I-D-L. Uh, they can find me on uh, all the social media platforms. Um, I... Uh, and then also I do, so I'm a comedian and I'm a country artist, so they can look me up on Spotify and all the music sharing platforms to hear some of my original music. Uh, I put comedy content on uh, on the different social platforms, and, and that's that. So, and then I have, a, I have a daily show that I'm working on and kind of growing a little bit called One Drink with Nick that uh, I've been just basically putting out small clips, but I'm working towards, you know, maybe a more of a longer form podcast too, but I've been doing it on and off for, for years. And, uh, so that's that. That's great. We're, we're going to have Nick on food addict. That's my other podcast where we can really get into our inner deeper, dark selves. <laughs> oh, I'm a food addict too, man. I mean, I, I'm lucky that if you, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming you must've had an issue with food, right? That must've been why. Oh, you dude, do that. I have an issue right but, now. I live a half a mile away from fast food, dude. I work yeah. with people with mental mental disabilities that hear voices. I hear voices every night until two a.m. <laughs> yeah, food. When McDonald's. No, I, I have a uh, for a guy that's like I'm a I'm a smaller guy and like you know I mean I'm a little bit overweight but but you know according you're not to the doctor, overweight you're not overweight stop it you're sick no 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 what what I mean is according to the doctor like I'm ten pounds overweight. If you saw how much food I consume, though, that's what I'm trying to, that's where I'm going with this, is that I I have, like, a humongous appetite, and I've never quite understood why, and I don't, honestly, I don't even know where the food goes. I'm not kidding, man. If you saw <laughs> how much fat I people, eat, you'd be like... Fat people hate that sort of shit, dude. <laughs> oh, I imagine. I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. I'm just okay. saying. Okay, like, all right, all right. Uh, you're forcing it on me here. Nick Lytle. We're, we're, we're going to extend the podcast. Do you, you have a couple more minutes in you or no? 
I don't right now because I needed to be on a phone call at 8 o'clock. What time? So. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Nick Lytle, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it, man. hope you had fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'll see you around the shows, all right? All right, bud. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> ah! I love getting rejected by quasi-famous people. Actually, that guy's very funny, very talented. Um... He started talking about food. I was going to ask him what his favorite food was and stuff. But we'll try to have him on uh, Food Addict sometime, and we'll see what's up. I think he, he kind of teetered out at the end, a little tired. It's kind of late. Um, it's hard to, like, ask somebody to be on your podcast and ask him to go for an hour. Plus, I know I'm Anthony Quinn, and I'm a powerhouse. <laughs> But I would like to thank Nick Lytle. That was a great podcast. Please support me at Patreon. And follow Nick Lytle and everything he does. Cheers.